Whatever unspeakable thing you're doing back there can wait. Well, you say that. Yes, I do, and I just did. So come on, I need you in the control room. We have issued a weather alert day because we're expecting very active weather over the next several hours, in fact, through this afternoon, and even as we head to this evening and tonight. Speaking of the winds, though, even in the lowlands, we're expecting gusty winds. We're already seeing that. I showed you that earlier of wind gusts up to 45 miles per hour. So that could lead to isolated wind damage in terms of uh, down tree limbs, maybe a few power outages later on today. Crews are hoping that a high Higher than usual spring tide will help them unstuck or unstick the 1,300-foot vessel. But if that doesn't work, they fear it could take weeks to dislodge it. Investigators say this could have happened due to high winds, human, or technical error. Right now, more than 320 other ships are waiting to get through the canal. Traffic through the canal is valued at over $9 billion per day. Ah, good morning, and for those of you of the faith, happy Palm Sunday, Rod. Indeed, thank you. Friar Cook. Yeah, nicely done, Rabbi Dave. On this, the first day, the first full day of Passover, Mm -hmm. and I'm already sick of matzo. Are you really? (laughs) Yes. Do you know I make matzo really good? Yeah. Bean dip with salsa. (laughs) That doesn't seem like your traditional cedar. It's not, but man, we're having to, we're going to do our cedar on Monday because Cammy works all weekend, so we're kind of stuck with time and everything else. You know how it goes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not like it happens, you know, on the same day every year, so you can't plan for it. Yeah. Well, wait. It kind of does. <laughs> it does every It's the Sunday. Well, Passover isn't always on Sunday. True. Because you guys decided to mess with the count. Do you know how they compute the date of Easter? Do you know how they do that? Wasn't it on like the lunar calendar or something like that? It, it sort of is, but Easter is the first Sunday after the first full moon after the spring equinox. Okay. So... If That's you not of, complicated at all. Not at all. I mean, so you get a March 21st, which is the equinox, or 20th, 21st, depending. And then uh, depending on where you are on the, on the planet, right? Because some days it's the 21st and some days it's the 20th. Yeah. Well, some places. So then you got to wait for the next first full moon. And then you got to go to the next Sunday after that. Okay. Yeah. Whereas Passover just happens, man. Just, yeah. It's just there and that's it. You don't worry about full moons and not that you could see it anyway they're having a big uh we're having a big storm up here so i guess they're supposed to be it's called the worm moon the worm moon they seem like they have a new name for the moon every every month this is an ancient traditional name because it's the moon it's the first full moon of spring or something so the the worms i guess come out okay kind of like groundhog day for worms i i guess i You know, I never heard of it before today, but apparently it's the worm moon. And so the worms will start coming out so you can go fishing, I guess, which which I don't do. I hate fishing. So um, anyway, anyway, we're not going to get to see it tonight because we're we're being hit by a quote unquote weather alert day because of the storm that's rolling through. You might be able to hear it in the background. The wind is picking up. So we're Hmm. actually recording early because 
I'm assuming we're not going to have power after afternoon Pacific today. That could be. So, which means that even if we get it recorded, Rod, it may not may not make it up today <laughs> to the site. So, if well, you're, you're welcome to come to the valley where it's supposed to be 80 degrees today and yeah. sunny. Yeah, I do kind of miss that sometimes, but sometimes yeah. the not all. What I don't miss is the 120 in August. So, no, no, that you can keep. <laughs> I'm not having it. So the question for the day, Rod, is why do we do things that we know are bad for us? I don't know. Come on. You're a friar, right reverend? Well, yeah. I, I, it, we, have, we are inclined to find a place to make a mistake and make the biggest mistake we can in that place. It's just, it's human nature. Is it, is it, is it that simple as it's just human nature to do things that we know are wrong for us? are bad for us, not not even wrong. I, I, I'm not even talking about necessarily morally. I'm talking about things we know are bad, smoking, okay? We, yeah. we know smoking is bad for us, and yet some people do it. Why? I don't know, because you're told you can't do it at times. That's the Tom Sawyer defense. That's the Tom Sawyer yeah. argument, which is that nothing makes a fellow want something as powerful as telling him he can't have it. That's exactly right. This works for kids. No, Ben, you cannot have the cookies. Yeah, Only to come exactly back right. 10 minutes later and find out that somebody, somebody got into the cookie jar. <laughs> I wonder who it was. My parents did that to me once when we were kids. No, you guys could not have Fritos. Stay out of the Fritos. The Fritos were in the top cabinet up above the sink sure. the stove. You cannot stay out of the Fritos. Wait till we get home. We'll be back in an hour. Somehow, and I still don't know how, they knew we got into the Fritos. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing makes a fellow want something more powerful than being told he can't have it. And, and, and that was before they had, you know, the, uh, all these nice internet cameras that you can put around your house. And right. That would have been like walk. 1971. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, a long time ago. So why do people do things that we know are bad for us? I mean, we, we make bad choices. Yeah. We, we do yeah, things. I mean, there is the, the, there's the whole sin nature of things, right? I mean, from a religious standpoint we, okay. we say that we're, we're kind of bent to we're hell to bent do on doing things that are bad for us yeah so to speak anyway. um i was reading an article yesterday i have no idea why because sometimes things come across my feed and i just read them because i feel like i have to i mean somebody took the time to put this out there maybe i should read it right yeah it was about jeffrey dahmer and what he did to the people that he murdered now, what struck me wasn't the grotesqueness of what he did to some of those bodies. It was the repetitive theme here, Rod, that he picked up his victims at bars and mm -hmm. stores and stuff like that. And the whole thing was about sex. It was all about, I want to have sex so bad that this guy is willing to pay me money to have sex or he's willing to, he wants to have sex so bad with me. That he's willing, he says he's willing to pay me money. They go back to his house with him. He murders them and then in many cases eats them. Yes. And it was this repetitive idea that these people had to know that this was a bad idea. Yeah. You don't go have sex with somebody you literally just met. Especially, I'm assuming here, I don't have any practical experience with this, but particularly gay sex, it seems like that would be, it seems like that would be a red flag to me. Well, there is glory holes, right? <laughs> I, mean, I have no idea what you're talking about. Can you describe sure, this for me, Rod? Sure. 
I mean, I guess you well, could go to a spa, right? Uh, yeah, you could go to an Asian spa. <laughs> but e- even Dahmer had to know that this was bad. You know, killing yeah. people is not a not a good thing. It's not a it's not something you should be doing. It's, I mean, he had to know that, right? Well, I, I think at some point you, you kind of sear your conscience to conscience to the point where, it, you know, it doesn't eat at you. Okay, but he kept doing it. He kept going and picking yeah. up men ostensibly for sex. Apparently, he would have sex with some of them, and then murder them by drugging okay. them and, and strangling them. Or I, I'm not recommending you read the article, but that's what struck me about the article. It wasn't the it wasn't the grotesqueness of how he was murdering his victims and how he was disrespecting their bodies post murder. It was the repetitiveness of the activity that mm-hmm. led to the crime. And I kept wondering myself, why do we keep doing things that are bad for us? I mean, it's it, it's weird. I mean, there are sites on the internet, again, don't have any practical experience with this, where you can go and have hookups with people, right? There's a, yeah. there a whole well, app for that? There, there's apps for that, yeah. Right. Who would do that and why? Is, isn't it just like a... Isn't it just like an invitation to be murdered or yeah, I to guess so. attract people to murder? Well, I mean, the, the, the positive the positive side for the apps is that they've got your bio and they've got your information and geolocation data so they know where you are and what you're doing. So it's not like you're going to get away with it as you would, you know, okay. Jeffrey Dahmer's time. For the most part. I mean, that's what we assume. Who knows yeah. if it's really true or not. But we'll see where it goes without – so I, I started thinking about this and, and I wondered, is it the dopamine? I mean, do we get a rush from doing something that we know is bad for us? Okay. Parachuting is bad for you. We don't care what anybody says. Skydiving is a bad idea. People do it. Yeah. Went skydiving once, 1986, I think spring of night. Would have been about right around this time, 1986. Hmm. 15 of us from the submarine went over somewhere over in Everett to go skydiving. The first thing the guy says, the sky, they have ground school first. You have to go get sure. to graduate from ground school before they'll let you into the airplane. I have no idea why. But the first thing he says is negligence is defined as failure to use due caution. I wrote this down at the time because okay. it was so remarkable. Negligence is defined as failure to use due caution. Jumping out of an airplane is failure to use due caution. Therefore, <laughs> if you die in the next six hours – you can't sue us for negligence because you're the one who jumped out of the airplane. <laughs> I still remember Dwayne, I think it was Burnite, asked the question from that. Raised, anybody have any questions? Yeah, how long does it take to get to the ground? And the, without missing a beat, the guy says, with or without a parachute? Dwayne <laughs> goes, let's try with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's start with. <laughs> nope. He starts without. <sighs> well, you know, terminal velocity, this, this, that, and the other. It takes about, I don't know, I don't remember the number, but it was a ridiculously small number. Uh, we were jumping from 3,000 feet. And and then he said, it'll take you about a minute and a half to get down with a parachute. Okay. Let's do that because that seems like it's uh, better for everybody involved, right? Yeah. But there was, I mean, I got to admit to you. There was a certain level of dopamine. Mm-hmm. Was it dopamine? I guess when 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 I was suddenly no longer connected to that airplane, and you know it was it, there was a certain adrenaline rush to it. There was a certain yeah. excitement to it that when I hit the ground with my crappy knees and 
got dragged on my face by the parachute because I didn't land right. And <laughs> and I got up and the guy says, you okay? And I said, yeah, when can we go again? Which lasted a good 30 seconds before I realized I am never, ever going to do that again. Yeah. In fact, I said to some of the people I was there with, see ya. As, <laughs> as, as they gathered their next parachutes and went, got ready for the next I did yeah. it, Rod, but but it's something that's not good for us. It wasn't good for us in the sense that I could be flattened. Uh, it was not good for me in the sense that my knees were not capable of handling that landing. But man, it was it felt good. I got to tell you, it felt yeah. really good while it was happening. And and I would imagine there are other things in life that are the same way. There are there are whole sporting you know industries that are are all about the thrill seekers, right? You've got the the what they call the base jumping. Oh, those you've people got, are nuts. You know, you've got the bungee cord people jumping down the bungee cord and those people are nuttier. You know. Cliff divers. Cliff divers. You got a whole you remember, this, are, are you old enough to remember Wide World of Sports with the high yes. divers with those guys up like three hundred feet in the air on those really thin platforms? Yeah. Those people were insane. What the what goes through your head that says this feels so good that I'm going and then they would stand up there and wait for the wind because the wind could actually blow them off course and they could miss. And of yeah. course, you knew that's why half the audience was there. Sure. Because they it, were. It's like watching a train wreck, right? Or a NASCAR <laughs> wreck. Na NASCAR, yeah. Dave, you don't know nothing about nothing. We go to the race car. We, we go to watch the racing. No, you don't. You go to watch the wrecks. And that's that's what you like. And that's it's what kinda, you're doing. It's kind of like watching hockey too, right? <laughs> careful now. You are you are <laughs> you are steering into waters. Here be monsters, as they say. Yeah, but there is a certain level of this feels so good that I sort of become addicted to it or something. I don't I don't yeah. know. I'm willing to take the risk because the I, I would imagine drug use is the same thing. Yeah, maybe. You know, there's a there's a certain feel to the to the use of of narcotics or drugs or whatever that that overwhelms common sense and says this is bad for me either short-term or long-term, it's still bad for me. But I'm going to do it anyway because risk-reward, I guess. Maybe. Which brings me to, of course, social media. Why do we use social media? We know it's bad for us. We know this. And yet, we continue to use it because why? Everyone's is, doing it, Dave. Well, you know what my mother used to say, if everybody was jumping off the bridge, would you go do it too? Apparently, the answer to that is yes. Apparently, it is. Especially <laughs> if they put a parachute on me or a yeah. bungee or whatever, and people are jumping off the Royal Gorge Bridge in, in Colorado. And but these people are insane. But no, on a serious note, why, why do we do that? I mean, this is how I ended up in bed last night reading an article about Jeffrey Dahmer murdering people who were paying him to have sex with them. Yeah. Or he was paying them to have sex with them. Money was exchanged for, for ostensibly for sex, which ended up in murder. Which yeah. is not good. It's not a good outcome for either side. It's not good for the for the guy that committed the murder because he's going to go to jail. It's not good sure. for the guy who was gotten murdered because, well, he got he's murdered. He's not here anymore. So that sucks. I mean, for him, right? Yeah. Didn't get paid either. <laughs> no. Well, he probably <laughs> did, but then they stole it back. So, I, I, you know, it, it, the article didn't even address that. So I don't know. If, I don't know if he kept the money or not. Do you get the know. money up front like that? You, you people that have been involved with this, do you, do you get the money up front so that in case you are murdered, it's already transferred to your 
to your PayPal account or something? I mean, I don't know. Seems like that would be a clue, right? I think it's. I think you're pay. You think you pay afterwards. Huh. Those of you that are have some experience with this, is, is is it a before or after transaction? What if the transaction is not satisfactory? I don't know. Well, you murdered me, so I'm not paying you. Although, you know, I wonder in in uh, Nevada where prostitution is legal, I wonder if they pay up front. Don't they know. probably do. I, I I'm going to lean towards the after because of my experience with Scott Peterson's erstwhile cross-dressing boyfriend, Victor. Okay. Victor called the show one day and explained to me that he had had sex with Scott Peterson for money, but he was upset oh. because Scott, I'm not making this up, folks. It's on the tape. You can hear it. Scott Peterson, he was mad at Scott Peterson because, quote, he did not pay me. He unquote, stiffed him. Which is what I said on the air. I said that <laughs> on the air. And I thought Kai Irwin was going to die. I mean, he just, he fell off his chair. He was laughing so hard. And of course, at that point, I'm one of those people, when other people start laughing, I'm done too. Yeah. So we're both on the floor laughing. Victor well, I mean, is still talking. Giggles, it's, yeah, it's over. Yeah. He's still talking about it. So we ended up going to break. And a few minutes later, the program director walks in and he's just kind of, <laughs> he says, it wasn't something we should have dumped, but- it was about as close to the line as you can possibly get without yeah. crossing over. So I'm going to go with with afterwards in some cases. Okay. But anyway, either way, with social media, it's free, Rod. So mm -hmm. well, there's supposedly. no cost. What do you mean supposedly? It doesn't cost me anything to log into Facebook or Twitter. No, just your privacy. My what? Your privacy. But if I'm on social media, don't I want everybody to know all that stuff anyway? Well, so it would seem, yeah. I but, mean, I mean, they, they track more detail about you than that because they're selling the data to advertisers. Posted my pictures of my meals and my yeah. I've told everybody I'm in the shower and that you like coffee. That I love coffee. I do not like coffee at all. And I am not addicted. I can stop anytime I want. <laughs> Even though studies say that it is good or or bad for you, if depending on which study you read. Which day of the week it is. Yeah. It's Monday. It's time to release the bad study. Tuesday, time to release the good study. Wednesday, time to release the bad study. I don't know. I, I Is social media really bad for us? That's the question that I, was, I found myself asking. Because, again, they were talking this morning about schools reopening and getting kids back in schools and getting – is the office now dead? Is, is the office as we knew it? dead is going to the is going to the office anymore never going to come back and so, yeah i mean our businesses i'll tell you from a first-hand experience you know we're, we're having those discussions as to what's it going to look like when we when we do go back um it's not going to be everyone in in the office at the same time so i can tell you that right now and then for how long we'll probably i i think that they're going to continue with allowing people to work remotely off and on on some kind of a schedule where you come in maybe one day or two days a week and work remote three days a week. See, I'm not, pro I don't have a problem with that. I, I no. they were talking in this thing about how kids, everybody's zoom, zoom fatigue. I don't yeah. have zoom fatigue at all. I don't have, frankly, if I could have figured out how to do this before COVID, I would have done it before COVID because this is the way to do things for me. I, I don't have any yeah. problem with sitting behind a camera at all. I would no. much rather do this than, don't take this personally, but 
sit in a room with you and, and, and talk anyway. There's a couple of reasons for that because I'm antisocial. Sure. Um, <laughs> and the truth of the matter is, is okay, we log into Zoom. Mm-hmm. We have a, a brief chit chat. And by brief, I mean somewhere between one and three minutes. Yeah, it's depending not, very on, not very long. And then after the show, we'll have a, a, a similar thing. But that's it. And then we hit end meeting and we leave and that's it. Whereas if we were actually in the studio or whatever, we'd have to have those conversations about how your dog is doing and the yeah. two new cats that my wife has that are digging at my door right now. And Hey, you want to go get some lunch? Yeah, you want to go get some lunch when this is done. And nothing personal. I mean, I like Rod. I like Rod a lot. But again, that's way too much social interaction for me. <laughs> I'm more, I, I am far more social, but at the same time. Um, I'm okay with, with zoom meetings. I don't have a problem with that. I like, them. um, yeah, I, I do miss, you know, and one of the things I told my, my team, cause I, I have a employees that work for me that I, I do miss our, we used to get together and go into a conference room and brainstorm things when issues would come up and we would, we would, you know, go on the dry erase board and things like that. And then have just some chit chat conversations. I did like that. And I miss that because zoom isn't quite the same thing. There's nothing I hate more than an unfocused meeting. <laughs> it's just nothing. I just go to these promotions meetings for the radio station. Yeah. And literally the only reason I would write, listen, and if you've ever followed me on social media, you know this is to be true because every now and then I'll post today's promotions meeting quote is, and and I would, <laughs> the only reason I would listen was to hear the most ridiculous statement I could possibly hear and write it down. That's, and that's actually a great thing to do. No, it's terrible. It's like, because the whole time I'm thinking I'm paying attention to these people and I should not be. I mean, first off, I was one radio station at a cluster of like seven stations, many of which were large music stations that actually Uh. do promotions, right? They send vans out and they do stuff. We were a talk radio station that literally nobody cared about. Certainly the company didn't care about. Sure. And we didn't do promotions, <laughs> right? We, we promotions. What's that? I mean, we had a van. Yeah. We had the worst van in the. We had a van that had like three hundred thousand miles on it. it. Looked great on the outside because they wrap it. Oh yeah, but I wouldn't drive it. Okay, <laughs> it was it was just. You have to tow it to the location oh you want. Oh my god, it was so bad. <laughs> he says to me one day, "Take the van to Bakersfield because you're going to this business conference." So take the van. Like oh. Like right, I made it like ten miles down the road. Called him, said, "No, <laughs> no, <laughs> this is a not." Bolt came off. I don't know what I'm not doing. Point being, I don't mind this stuff. So I don't. I don't feel like I'm a. I don't feel like I'm fatigued by it. Nor do I feel like I'm compelled to use it. I feel like I want to use it. But the question then becomes with social media because it apparently there's something in it that that 300 billion people are getting that compels them to use it. it What's well, that whole like button thing, right? I mean, that's that's the thing. How many likes did I get? How many retweet retweet tweets? Ugh, excuse me. Um, I want to start a know. social media thing called Titter. Titter. Yeah, and you use little tits for for <laughs> likes and dislikes. I th- I thought about creating one called Red Red Angry Penis. That would work um, because that's pretty much what Twitter is. Anyway. Right. Right. But nobody's actually compelled to use this. No. But how do we look at people who don't? How do so how does society look at people? Because the news media has become entirely Twitter driven. Oh, the yes. news media is people on Twitter are saying blah 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 blah. I'm I'm 
I didn't notice it. Bill Mick actually said this a couple of days ago, and I guess I just didn't catch it. But it, I've started now. It's that what do they call? There's a there's a phrase for this phenomena where when Trending. you hear, when you hear something for the first time mm-hmm. or recognize it, all of a sudden you see it everywhere. Yeah, and I don't remember well, what it's called. It, it's like when you're when you're starting to out to buy, a, or you know, you're shopping for a car, and you th- I want, you know, I'm looking at Jeeps. Now every car you see out there, you see start seeing Jeeps, Jeeps everywhere. everywhere. And there's a phrase for that phenomenon. I don't remember what it's called, but all of a sudden I'm noticing that half of my news reports that I watch on news, people on Twitter are tre- trending on Twitter is blah blah yeah. blah trending on social media because they don't want to admit that it's Twitter. But on Facebook, we've seen this story was been shared million times on Facebook. And I'm like, holy crap, it is all social media driven now, isn't mm-hmm. it? And I guess I should have realized that, but frankly, I didn't care. And and I still don't, but people are, nobody's actually required to use it, but we kind of look down on people who don't, yeah. right? So it, it raises the question to me about the issues and concerns with this, which is the entirety of cancel culture. Yeah. is based around social media. It is. Nobody ever gets canceled who isn't on social media. Or mm. do they? Where well, does they might can- be on social media, but I don't know that it's it correlates necessarily because okay, some of the early cancels. Some of the early were, ones. But nowadays, okay, let's say. Nowadays. Let's say nowadays you're a famous actor or actress, you know, depending on how you identify you might be a cisgendered pansexual, as someone announced yesterday in the Nevada. <laughs> Did you see the story? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm assuming it's a woman stood up in the Nevada legislature That's- and announced to the world that she is a cisgendered tra- a cisgendered pansexual. Now, again, okay. why would anybody care? <laughs> what do I care what you are? Why do you have to tell me this? Because social media. She knew that was going to be... Share over. What a brave person she is. Hashtag. She came out. Did she? I mean, basically (laughs) what I heard her say was, I'm a whore who works for free. That's what I heard. I'll sleep with anybody, do anything. That's what I heard. Now, maybe that's not what she said, but cisgendered pansexual, when I start breaking down words, that's what Mm -hmm. I get out of that. There's, There's nothing I won't sleep with. Nothing, not nobody, nothing. So everything is fair game here. There's this, there's this mentality that everything, the cancel culture is focused on social media. So even if I say something that's not on social media, okay, I get a quote in a newspaper or something somewhere, or I have a, a sign on my house or my car. Where does that go? Somebody takes a picture of it and puts it where? And all of a sudden. Yeah. I'm under attack on social media to be canceled on social media. Everything to me, it looks like cancel culture is entirely social media driven, which is weird because again, most people, he said, knowing that that may not be true. Don't give a rat's behind what's on social media. No. Or do they? You won't find the cancel culture in the Amish areas. (laughs) Really? Don't they shun people? I mean, I guess they do if they're not. Right. But you don't know about it because it's not on social media. True. See what I'm saying? See the difference? 
Yeah. Nowadays, somebody gets excommunicated from a church. What do they? What's the first thing they do? They put it on social media. I've been excommunicated for my brave and outstanding beliefs that yeah. cisgendered pansexuals are normal. I mean, I'm not saying I didn't know a few back in the day, but I'm just saying that I, I don't know why you need to announce that to a state legislature. Yeah. <laughs> I don't see any reason for that. What about what about things like job interview requirements? We saw a few weeks ago, a few years ago, remember when uh, jobs were telling people that it, in order to apply for a job, you had to give up your social media passwords? Yeah, I remember hearing that. And, and what was the reaction to that? Number one, my reaction was, why? Yeah. What could they possibly do with it? What do you need the password for? Yeah. Well, and, and the, really, the only thing that that's going to drive is people to have more than one account. Oh, or, yeah. Here's my... Or change their password. Or, well, yeah, I wouldn't give them the password. You but, my but password. But they were requiring people to do that. They were saying as a job requirement, you had to give up your social media. And of course, it didn't go anywhere. There was a lot of backlash about it. But they, I couldn't figure out the logic behind the password. See, I've been an HR manager sure. in the past. I was 20 years as an HR manager. Why do I care what your password is? Because they want to log in as you and see what's going on. Can't I just log in and see what's going on anyway? They post everything there is to post. Why do I need the password? Well, you, I mean, at least on Facebook, you have some kind of, you can set privacy settings so that. Do you think most people, people know that? Probably not. But what else do they have on Facebook that you can't get into without the password? Your messenger. Messenger. It ties into a whole bunch of, I mean, a lot of times you log in, you use your Facebook login to log into other services. Bingo. A lot of people do that. Shouldn't, but they do. And I'm sure mm -hmm. that Friar Cook, where he given the opportunity to do so as a Internet secure as a computer security guy would tell you, don't, don't do that. See? Yes. I'm not even a computer internet security guy, and I know that. Which, you know, it's bad for you, so that means people are going to do it anyway. They're going to do it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we had a discussion this week about, I was on Bill Mick, and, and for those of you who don't know this now, Mondays at, God, 5 o'clock in the morning Pacific time. Ugh. I, I'm now doing a regular segment on Bill McLive on WMM, WMMB. So if you have iHeartRadio and for some ungodly reason you're up in the morning, you can listen to it live or you can listen to it on the podcast later. Yeah. So I'm not saying you should, but I'm just saying it's – That's what I do, Dave. I, 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 you know, it's a confession. I don't get up at five to hear you. <laughs> Sorry. Thanks. Anyway, the point is we were talking about this console culture thing and I – an idea hit me in the middle of it. And I just sort of blurted out. We didn't get really far with it. But what happens when a job interview, you know, right now they go and they look at your social media and they say, oh, okay, yeah. this person did something at a rave party that they posted pictures of. That's not really the kind of person we want working for us. So they're using it against you. Sure. So you start scrubbing it. You start locking it down, as you said, as I do. Because yeah. I'll be honest with you, I've said this before. I have like 568 friends on Facebook. But only about 30 of you actually get to see anything that I paste on, post on Facebook. The rest of you, it's nice knowing you. But as I said earlier in the show, <laughs> I, I don't want to be around. I'm yeah. just being nice. That's, I'm, just, I'm just being polite. That's all it is. You could unfriend me, disappear tomorrow. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. But <laughs> you can control that stuff. So what happens when this job interviewer starts going through your, your social media profile? And literally all it is is because you've locked everything down. It's just your your profile picture from six years it, ago. It's anything you've posted publicly might show up. Right. 
but right. anything, but most but of the stuff you post your friends. So this job interview is looking at it going, well, he doesn't have anything here. What's he hiding? Mm-hmm. When does that start getting used against you? By jobs. The fact that you're not on social media or don't appear to be active on social media. Can you see a scenario where that starts getting used against you? Eh, potentially, I guess. I mean, they're not supposed to, but. Well, they're not supposed to ask for your passwords either. No. I mean, they can't ask you if you're a cisgendered pansexual. It's not on the the job application. Are you, you know, none of that's on there. Hell, you can't even ask people that they're felons anymore. No. So. But you can ask for their pronouns. I think you almost (laughs) have to, don't you? What's your pronouns? In the university, you do. There are words that describe nouns. I don't know what else to tell you. Anyway, I, I, all this starts bothering me. And then, you know, I've been, as I said on my show, I've been reading way too much 1984 lately. I yeah. need to stop reading that. I really do. Rod sent me a text the other day. Your show is really good, but very depressing. <laughs> yes, I did. Great. Because that's what I was going for. Good, but depressing. Informative. But depressing. Which is not where I, you know, it's not what I was trying to do. I was trying to, you know, we've been talking about where we think we're going and blah, blah, blah. And this digital gulag idea is out there. So I I started, and again, it's confirmation bias, but I started looking closer at social media and how the government is using it. Mm -hmm. Because I had this weird thought in my head, Rod, that the government is so big and so busy doing things like paying itself to fight a war in Syria against yeah. against ISIS yeah. while at the same time paying ISIS to continue the war. Yeah, that's so ridiculous. I, or, you know, studying uh, gender norms in Iraq or something. I, I had a feeling yeah. that they were, you know, kind of distracted Pakistan. about things. Only to discover that in 2016, 2016, so that was how long ago? Five years. The FBI put out an RFP and a, quote, justification for other than full and open competition in accordance with 41 USC. Now, what does that mean? That means they're putting out an RFP. They want to pay somebody to do a job for them, but Uh they don't want to just – they've already decided who they want. Yeah. To do it. So rather than going through the facade of an entire RFP procedure where everybody submits their their uh, information and mm-hmm. – The proposals. Right. And then they have this scoring system where they score them the highest and then they change the rules so that Tudor Perini can get the contract to build the high-speed rail even though they have the <laughs> lowest scoring yeah. technical thing. E- even all that so – instead of pretending to go through all that, they just get put out a thing called justification for other than full and open competition. Identification of the agency and contracting agency, number one, okay? I'm going to read you this because it loses impact if I try to, quote, the U.S. Department of Justice, Federal Bureau of Investigation, Counterterrorism Division, Exploitation Threat Section has prepared this justification for other than full and open competition for access to, quote, well, I'm already quoting, mission-critical social media data streams exclusively provided by data miner a small business specializing in the extraction of information from the Twitter data stream in the near real-time environment. Yeah. So, when I start picking this sentence apart, what do I notice? 
<laughs> near real time. Near real They're monitoring. time. They're monitoring your social media streams. Mm -hmm. It's the FBI's counterterrorism division. Oh, and this company, Data Miner, has been doing this for, quote, some time, unquote. Mm -hmm. And, oh, by the way, the FBI wants to contract with them to continue doing this without having to bid the contract out to somebody else who might be, you know, dealing with the other side. And because it's public forum, there's no warrant or anything required to gather that information. And what, exactly what information are they trying to gather? They're looking at trends. They're looking at behavior patterns. They're, okay. uh, yeah, basically. Counterterrorism mm, things. Profiling. Things like, mm, let's see, it wasn't that long ago that one of these people was sitting in front of Congress and they were asking him a question, but, but didn't you notice all this stuff on Parler and Facebook and Twitter from all these people talking about what they were going to do on January 6th? Yeah. And the FBI, the FBI, I give you the FBI, with a straight face looked at this man and said, no, we don't have the people to do it. We don't, we don't have the capability to do that. Right. 2016, they contracted with Data Miner to do, to do just that. exactly that. <laughs> And we wonder where this is all going, Rod. Yeah. And yet it never occurs to us to say, why do we continue to do things that are bad for us? Like social media. Now knowing that the government is watching literally everything we do and given the control of government and see this is the danger is who controls the government is going to use it the way they want to use it. And now people control the government who are going to look at everything we say and do and go, ooh, he said something we don't like. She said something we don't like. He's not a cisgendered pansexual. QED, he must be a domestic terrorist. And I don't know about you, but I've sure picked up a lot on that phrase lately. Domestic, domestic terrorist. terrorist. Oh, yeah. All enemies, foreign and domestic. Dun, dun, dun. It's like, it's like we've been made into something that we never were overnight yeah. by the FBI who decided oh, yeah. that they were going to lie to Congress. And our entire reaction was, <sighs> did, uh, did Kanye get his divorce yet? Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's right. my friends now is that special time where i invite you to come and pull up next to the fire here alongside don't forget to grab your cup or tankard of your favorite beverage as you listen to the good friar after hours of prayer and meditation today's friar side will enlighten and probably depress us all <laughs> great <laughs> informative but depressing yeah well then and it's going to be kind of a, a little bit of a rant so going through the social media as well as the, the news this week, I, I came across an article about the USA Today's race and inclusion editor claims that she is a victim because she was fired after saying that the shooter, the Syrian-born Boulder shooter, was an angry white man. And it got me, it got me thinking about this whole race and inclusion thing, diversity and and, and 
inclusion. It's like, really? They, they had to have someone in that position? And when we look at diversity, as far as the, a definition, you know, it's about the inclusion of individuals representing more or one national origin, color, religion, socioeconomic stratum, or sexual orientation. When we look at inclusion, it's the practice or policy of including or integrating all people and groups and in activities and organizations, political processes, and especially those who are disadvantaged and have suffered discrimination or are living with disabilities. Now, having worked at the university, and, and I know that we actually had in our student life area, there was there was a group that that focused on diversity, uh, and you know, I guess it kind of makes sense there, but. It, the more I looked at it, the more I started thinking about, are they, do these positions really exist? So I, I did a quick search on LinkedIn and I found that, uh, yeah, there's, there are even C-level and by C-level, I mean, you know, chief executives positions for diversity and inclusion. McDonald's has one, a VP of global chief, chief diversity, equity, and inclusion officer, PepsiCo chief diversity officer. In searching monster.com to see what jobs are out there, there was over 124,000 postings for positions of diversity and inclusion or equity. Even the Diocese of San Jose is hiring a director of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And and it just seems like, uh, you know, looking at these positions, is this is this really helping or is it creeping into everything that we see? You know, even in the news this week, we saw that Sesame street is introducing black characters. Now puppets have to be diverse. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, doesn't Sesame street. I mean, does Sesame street even have white puppets? I I thought they were all different colors on purpose because it didn't want to reflect one particular race. I don't, I don't know where this is leading. But it would seem to me that the more we focus on diversity, there will be an equal and opposite reaction. And I think we're seeing it now. Under the guise of diversity and inclusion, we are segregating. Columbia University is is offering up six additional graduation ceremonies based on race, ethnicity, and other self-identifying factors for undergraduate students. The idea of uh, that is that people are supposed to become more tolerant and more understanding of alternative perspectives when they are exposed to individuals markedly different from themselves. Yet having all black dorms or recreational areas is anti-diversity. In an Aurelian twist, the diversity coordinators are stifling interaction between people of different races. That is a quote from a Forbes article on racial segregation. It's even as bad as that there are now two doctors in Boston that have called for the allocation of medical resources to be done on the basis of race. Writing in the Boston Review, they call for the implementation of standards that would show racial racial preference to patients. This would be in addition to the federal reparation. This is not good for anyone. And it just leaves me, you know, it leaves me thinking that diversity and inclusion they keep using those words. I don't think those words mean what they think those words mean. And I don't think it's good for all of us. So there you have it. Depressing. Speaking of words that you don't know what means, you ever heard this word? Teledildonics? Teledildonics. Hmm. Remote dildo electronics? I don't know. 
I have not. I've not heard that before. Hmm. Before you sent me. <laughs> At some point in the future, the human race will arrive in an epic where people will wonder how, back in the Stone Age of pre-2021, we would get alert status alerts about our food deliveries without using a dildo. Huh? Well, what? We, how will we get our status alerts about our food deliveries? Without having a dildo. Allow so us to explain. Dildo alerts to food delivery status? How did, this is company it like called, Morse code? Company called Cam Soda Labs, no clue, has released a new product called Grub Buzz, <laughs> which, quote, harnesses the power of the internet connected sex toys, aka teledildonics. Dildonics, and sends vibrations to people as their takeout food from a national chain or local favorite is being prepared and ultimately delivered. You may be wondering how this works. I can hear you saying it. <laughs> Dave, how does this work? Dave, how does this work? The frequency of the vibrations increase throughout the food delivery process. The site patiently explains. So, for example, the vibration will start slowly when someone's order is received by the restaurant and progressively increases as the driver leaves the restaurant with the order, drives closer to their residence, is at their door, etc., etc. Here at Cam Soda, he said, we figured we'd combine these popular activities <laughs> and produce a technology that gets people off while their food delivery order is being prepared and ultimately delivered. With Grub Buzz, not only will your mouth be watering while your order is processed, but so will your private parts. God bless the USA. <laughs> what the frock? <laughs> oh my gosh. Can I use this? Yeah, if I'm, I'm going to order Domino's because they're really good with their updates. <laughs> it's a whole description here of how to set the thing up and. So your DoorDash order, you know, and bzz, 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 bzz. well, what happens if the driver forgets to hit, you know, confirm yeah. order or something like that, or <laughs> it just keeps, we're getting another food delivery again, dear, what are you doing? <laughs> and I realize all of that is important. And I realize everything we've talked about up to this point is important, but let's face facts, Rod, there is a more important story in the world right now. Indeed. There is. And that is this terrorist attack, which is causing coffee to be shorted around it's the horrible. world. Coffee prices are going up. Yeah. And ancillary to that, I guess, toilet paper is too. But well, yeah, I mean, we bought I mean, toilet. What, what would life be nowadays without a shortage of toilet paper? We bought toilet paper yesterday just because we heard there was. <laughs> <laughs> is that not st is here? I am, Mr. Mr. You know, let's use our intelligence. Let's be smart about things. Let's not participate in stupidity. Yeah. And I actually said to my wife, we better buy some of that today. Yeah, because there's stupid people out there. They're going to buy it. Because there's a ship stuck in the Suez Canal that has at least 30 shipping containers. That's what I've read. As many as 30 that are filled with coffee. And, oh, by the way, some of them are carrying toilet paper or the bulk paper that they use to make yeah. the toilet paper. So 
this entire Suez Canal fiasco. <laughs> well, let's not even consider the fact that there is no traffic going through there right now either. So even right. even the ships, other ships that have toilet paper, unless they want to take the time or to go coffee. around. Coffee, come on, coffee or coffee. Yeah, let's not let's not just gloss over that. You cannot coffee, dude. It doesn't doesn't that impact the coffee coming from South America, though, does it? Shouldn't we, that's what see that's what I was thinking. Why why are we sending coffee up? from South America through the pan, well, through the we, Suez Canal? Yeah, well, why are we getting toilet paper over there too? Well, that makes sense to me because that's got to come from China, right? Is it? Of course, everything comes from China except for coffee. <laughs> that comes from South America. Well, some of it comes from the Middle East. I, I get it, but. But the vast majority of it, as far as I know, comes from South America. I mean, that's yeah. what the commercials say, right? Folgers, Juan, Juan Valdez and his coffee, and his burrow, as they yeah. pick just the right yeah. beans for me and grind they them do. up properly and send them to Starbucks. But then yeah. Starbucks, well, some of it comes from Africa now. But again, the Suez yeah. Canal is not between here and Africa. So I don't know, I, unless they're on the east coast of Africa. Well, I don't know. Of course, the funniest part about this whole thing is, I guess, this, this ship, the Ever Given, which yeah. is run by the Ever Green shipping line, drew a giant penis in the water before. It did. I don't think they did that on purpose. I think it just sort of worked out that way. Well, it was it was a penis and it looked like a behind too, right? Right. But doesn't that make you wonder about the people that have that much free time that they're actually looking this stuff? <laughs> uh, let's see what the Ever Given was doing before it entered the canal. Oh, look, they're drawing penises. <laughs> how come we didn't trace it all the way back to the beginning of its voyage to see what I, it was I mean, doing then? I mean, how could you possibly plan to, to do that? I mean, you could do it, I guess, if it was electronic controls and you could pre-program the, the ship's right. movements. Right. But so then it gets into the canal. The, the one part of the canal that's not double sided. Much yeah. of the Suez Canal is actually double-sided, but that- Which would make sense. That particular part of it is not. This is on the southern end, the southern entrance or exit, depending on which way you're going. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, they, uh, and of course, everybody's, how could this happen? How could this, how could it, folks, let me tell you, I'm, I'm a sailor. I'm a professional sailor. I'm a United States yeah. Navy sailor. I've been on ships. I can tell you this with absolute certainty. Ships are stupid. They are absolutely moronic. The ships are, ships are just absolutely, they will do the dumbest. If, if there's a way to do something that's dumber than a previous way to do it, yeah. ships will find it. And it doesn't matter who's in charge of the ship. It, you could have the best captain. You could have you know, Captain yeah. Courageous up there on the bridge. It, it doesn't matter. The ship yeah. will find a way to do something stupid and it will do it whether you want it to or not. It's remarkable to me that the Suez Canal doesn't get blocked up on a more regular basis, quite frankly. Yeah. Well, wasn't this like one of the largest shipping container? Yeah. Ships? This is yeah. This thing is thirteen hundred feet, thirteen hundred meters long. I guess it's it's a yeah. huge. It's 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 right at the largest ship they can take in the canal, and they have to go. And it's got to be in the center. It has to be in the center. <laughs> they can't go over certain speed because of a, a thing called squat. I think you and I have talked about squat before. Which Maybe, is where, yeah. where the faster a ship goes, the more water it displaces. Yeah. And if it goes too fast in shallow water, it'll actually ground itself, even though it's deep enough for it to. Yeah. So they, they can only go a certain speed through there. And of course, these container ships are just giant sails. That's all they are. It's like, it's like an office yeah. block building turned on. Was that all I can see now is the Monty Python insurance the building. Crimson, crimson. The crimson Brigade. Yes. 
That's all I can see is this building being blown sideways. Who knows what happened? But, you know, they obviously lost propulsion. Yeah. They obviously lost control over steerage. And and that stuff happens, man. I mean, it, it really – so while it's easy to go, oh, this, is, this was a terrorist attack. Had to be a terrorist attack. Dave. Ships don't just break down. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. They, they break down more. But it does raise the specter of what if? I mean, nine, what does it cost? $9 billion a day? Nine, Something like that. It's, it's, it's huge. The, the 300 ships lined up to go through the canal right now. Yeah. And some are turning around and going around the horn. Which um, is a, what, two to three week journey, I think. At they least. Plus, you have the added element of, okay, we survived coming up the east coast of Africa once. Mm-hmm. The Pirate Central. And now we got to go back and do it again, which means that somehow or another, I'm sure the Biden administration will find an excuse to ever stretch the Navy even further going, well, we need to be back over there again now yeah. to guard that. So it, all the way around, it's a bad, bad thing. But the worst part of this, of course, is coffee. It's driving coffee prices up. Yeah. I can handle it a little bit because I did just get my stimmy. So I guess I'm okay well, for, there you go. for a little while with higher coffee prices, but not too – I mean, not for long. I mean, we're going to need another stimulus package here pretty soon if coffee prices keep going up. We need a coffee sponsor. We do. I've actually talked to a couple of these coffee people out there. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago, didn't we? It's all the same yeah. coffee. And, and yeah, I don't know, it's all the same. I don't know if I could sit here with a straight face and say, folks, blah, 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 coffee is the co- the official coffee of what the frock. I, I couldn't do it with a straight face because it's all Folgers. Just even the Starbucks stuff. It's just Folgers. Just go. And, and Folgers isn't even Folgers. They're buying it too. So <laughs> <laughs> just go get coffee and drink it. It's not that hard. Coffee snobs. Cisgendered pan coffeeables. <laughs> That's me because that, that is me. I am a pan yeah. coffeeable. I'll drink. I'll pretty much drink. I, I don't know that I would drink that cat poop. That rat was cat poop coffee they had a few years ago. Yeah, something like big, that. Famous. So the bean, I guess the lizard or something eats the. Is it a cat or a lizard? Something eats the coffee beans and then poops them out whole. And then they and then yeah. they roast it and grind it up. And I, I don't know that I'd drink that, but I'm I'm not saying yeah. I wouldn't. I'm just saying I probably wouldn't. If somebody put it in front of me and said, hey Dave, here's a free cup of four hundred dollar a cup coffee. I'd say, okay, and drink it, and then I'd look around and say, what else you got? Cause, yeah. Because <laughs> it was okay. I mean, I I've never drank a cup of coffee where I've said to myself, gosh, if I just had a vibrator that as, I, as, as, the, as the coffee was getting better and better, it would get stronger <laughs> and stronger vibrations. And, and then I would have a coffee gasm. <laughs> as it brews. Yeah. Hey. Oh, there we go. There you go. You have a coffee gasm. As soon as, as soon as it's done brewing, man, that's the climax. <laughs> and on that note, I'm Rabbi Dave. And I'm Friar Cook. This has been What the Frock? <laughs>